Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Everybody and welcome back to the Heat Wave. 32 teams in 32 days. Every single fantasy relevant player in the world will be broken down for the upcoming season. Today we will be focusing on the Arizona Cardinals and finishing off the NFC West. Uh, I am your host, the Fantasy Plug, Tim Petropolis, editor in chief of BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. I am joined by my brother, the True Throw Value King and Director of Operation at Broto, Jason. Uh, the Dynasty Don is also joining us, if you were wondering. The Fantasy Encyclopedia himself, lead writer at Brodo, Mr. Matt Ward, and Santiago Casanova, the genius of fantasy, Brodo lead data analyst and developer of the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Speaking of the app, download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app today for free and get every single tool you need to become your own expert and dominate fantasy football. Every single stat you use today can be found on the app where there is Fantasy Player Cards, which is basically a, a very compact fantasy player profile that gives you everything single thing you need to know about that player fantasy player grades a broto exclusive usage charts start sit tools who to draft tool player comps consistency charts game logs coaching tendencies articles podcasts rankings waivers and advanced stats including true throw value true target value true performance value adjusted air yards which you'll be learning more about today and true matchup rankings the app is free right now because of our patrons over at patreon.com they are the ones that support the app they keep the lights on join now to support the show the app and join the best community in the world for as little as three dollars a month you get extras like extra waiver wire shows per week access to broto leagues does your league suck this will not access to one of the most unique leagues that you're ever going to play in if you're a patron and we're going to be unveiling that shortly proven dfs cash game optimizers access to cheat sheets private team consultations the the, and, you know, I say this a lot, but I really mean it. The best community in the world, the Discord, the Brodo fam over on the Discord. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the app, please consider your uh, joining. Your contributions go a long way. Today, we're jumping into the Cardinals. For their offensive outlook, Cliff Kingsbury is fresh off a five-year extension in his fourth season. As always, he's the offensive coordinator. But he does have offensive assistant Jerry Sullivan, which I found interesting when I went and looked into him. He's been co 78 years young. He's been coaching in the NFL since 1992 and coaching since 1971. All right? So in case you're wondering about Mr. Jerry Sullivan. Last year, seventh in points per game. Uh, they ran 45.6% of the time, middle of the pack, and something that's a little uh, not talked about because the names on the offensive line, like Rodney Hudson, like Will Hernandez, like these guys that you recognize their names, those guys aren't necessarily still in their prime. Right, Justin Pugh. Right, these guys are not in their prime anymore, and they've taken a step back. So their offensive line going into the season by PFF ranked 25th. And when you have a quarterback that's under six foot, that might be an issue. They made some additions though. Wide receiver Hollywood Brown, uh, who's going to be thrust into the number one role while DeAndre Hopkins serves a six-game suspension. Right guard Will Hernandez that I mentioned, and running back Daryl Williams to be a pass catching back. The rookies that they drafted: tight end Trey McBride. And usually I don't mention this, but I think. Uh, Keontae Ingram, a sixth-round rookie, has a maybe outside chance to possibly play, maybe, if James Conner gets hurt. Uh, so I've said his name. And subtractions, of course, running back Chase Edmonds and wide receiver Christian Kirk. So let's we'll go into the quarterbacks because at the moment, while we're talking, Kyler Murray's contract is in the news. 
and everyone wants to talk about his independent study clause. Um, I want to talk about the result of the independent study clause because in this contract, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Kyler Murray has you have to you have to study oh, at least four Jim. independent hours a day, and you're not you're allowed have to, to break burst your bubble. They what? removed it. They removed it. They removed it. Oh, I, I, yeah, I and it was it was a week, I think. It was four hours right. a week. It was light work. Uh, four light hours work. a week, which which in all all honesty is like ridiculously minimal to even have it in a contract. Right. Well, I, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna say even though they removed it, the the, the stench remains. There. It's because this shows that they don't believe it's a very immature organization. I feel like, and Steve Kimes has got a five year extension. Uh, they they just gave a five extension five year extension to Cliff Kingsbury. They just gave an extension to Kyler Murray. So they're kind of banking on this core of people to take them to the next level. It just seems like a pretty immature operation that's going on right now. Like they, they had a clause in there that Kyler Murray couldn't play video games for an allotted amount of time as well. Like, ugh. but anyway, as we know, when Matt's on the show, it's K one equals QB one because of all, well, you know what I mean? But you know, all the potential <laughs> that he has, no matter what Kyler Murray, if he stays healthy is a top five option as a fantasy quarterback. So how are we feeling about Kyler Murray this year behind this offensive line and in this uh, in this weird offseason that we haven't seen from him before? Like, look, it's, it's so difficult to deny Kyler Murray's upside because it's tangibly one of the highest upsides of any quarterback in the NFL. He can rush like Lamar Jackson. He can put passing output out like Josh Allen, and he's – just a phenomenal football player. He's absolutely electric to watch. Um, and, you know, yeah, K1 is QB1. I'm, obviously, those rankings have shifted a little bit coming into 2022 um, with, you know, offensive changes, knowing that D-Hop isn't going to be there. He's not going to have two supercharged weapons until later in the season. And, and by that time, he's, you know, I mean, you said it, man. One of my biggest concerns is the offensive line. And that, that's just it, is, is how bad that offensive line kind of looks coming to this season um, and knowing that Kyler has been banged up in in the past and he doesn't necessarily produce at the top of his ceiling when he is um, but man like the kid is just incredible like I, I don't really know what else you want me to say he was top 10 in every passing me- metric you can imagine um, air yards uh, deep ball attempts throws on the money uh, true throw value like he's and we know he's a phenomenal sure but that is also has kind of been his downside. He got injured off of a big hit two years in a row now um, after rolling out of the pocket. And yeah, he's a little undersized, but I think Kyler Murray's ceiling is a top three quarterback, top two quarterback. He can finish as the QB one overall. If he plays 16 games healthy, the question is, is can he do that? That, That's really it. I, I don't think you should have any concerns drafting Kyler because his ADP is outside of the top five and he has a top two ceiling. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, even though, even if, if even with all the bullshit that's surrounding him, uh, and, let's and go. Was just oh, I mean, if I was still on the train of saying draft him as the first quarterback off the board, like ignore the Mahomes hype of last season, that was a big part of of the reasoning. But if I was, you know, I, I don't suggest that risk. But his like you're at QB nine. You, there is nobody in that range that has QB one overall upside, not named Trey Lance. Jason, how you? Uh, well, let's not let's let's get it. The, the quarterbacks. I don't think. Do you want to share something, or did they? Did he? No, I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna say. I feel like once it gets past ten o'clock Eastern time, 
the Canadian comes out of Matt a little bit more. He let out a few oats <laughs> on that. It oh, was yeah. very, it was very nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, it does, it does. Um, let's go over to, well, Cass, I see you. Let's go over to the next one, running back. Uh, Cass, one of the better calls of the year last year was your James Conner call. This guy, every time he appeared on a podcast, every time he like the, so many. He screamed to anyone who would listen, draft James Conner. And if you did, you loved it last year. This year, he's going in the third round-ish. Ish. Um, injury, always a concern with him. No more Chase Edmonds on board. Daryl Williams comes in. I think Daryl Williams is an interesting piece as a Chase Edmonds type. Uh, I think you can project that he fills Chase Edmonds' role, and I don't think... Chase Edmonds has proven to be that much of a better player than Daryl Williams, where you can you can't project like a very similar outcome. So I think that he's being slept on a little bit uh, as a you know outside PPR type of if you need eight to eleven points type type of dude can and can give you a big week if he scores. I think that he that's being slept on. How are we feeling about the running back situation uh, in AZ? Yeah, Tim. I agree with you, man. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about taking James Conner where he's going. And, like, right now he's running back 17, which actually seems, like, super palatable when you look at it. But when you look at where he's going for you to be able to take him, who's drafted around that range, like, he, he'll be drafted in the second round in some leagues. He's, his ADP is in the third round right now. So even though he's running back 17, it sounds like you'd be drafting him later, but you're not. People draft running backs early, and I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, Like you said, Darrell Williams is a decent pass casting back. They paid to bring him in. He had 47 receptions last year. And James Conner, he had five receptions in the first eight games last year. Five. After that, he had 28. So he definitely picked it up at the end of the year. But that also lined up with Chase Edmonds. Being out. Who wasn't the quarterback in those games? And Kyler Murray being out. Colt McCoy. Yes. That's exactly yeah. why he was getting those receptions. The games when he did what people want him to do, it wasn't the Cardinals offense we know and are projecting. And that's my concern with James Conner, because if you look at what he did at the end of the season, he ended with 752 rushing yards. And it wasn't for lack of touches. It was the 15 touchdowns he had that carried the day. So are we predicting that James Conner is going to score 15 more touchdowns? Because also, if you look at Kyler Murray, he went from 1,800, uh, 800, not 18, 800 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns to 423 yards and five touchdowns. Because, as Matt mentioned, Colt McCoy at the quarterback a few games. Kyler Murray looked a little bit hesitant to run at points last season because of the injury. And he like Matt pointed out, isn't the guy who checks down to running backs. Kyler Murray exceeded 35 rushing yards five of the last six games last year. He started to pick up um, where he left off. Honestly, James Conner does have some injury issues as well. He's played at least 10 games every year, but he never plays 16. I'm concerned. If you're drafting James Conner in the third round, you're banking on at least 12 rushing touchdowns again. And I don't know if I want to take that chance. Hate, I hate that pick. James Conner in the third round. This is like one of my biggest fades 
um, is this it's year. It's a ceiling pick. Part of the reason that we were so, or Casp specifically, was so correct, it was the cost. Is Chase Edmonds had a higher ADP than James Conner last season, and it was just like, what are we doing here? You know, and both of them had very late round, like dead zone running back ADPs. So now he is back to that Pittsburgh ceiling, and something Jason just said it. Like, I don't like drafting players at their ceiling, and that kind of seems like what we're doing with Connor. I still like yep. him as a player, and, and RB17, again, it seems palpable, palatable. It seems like that's a good cost, but considering how fast that you know RB2 zone flies in the opening rounds, it's, yeah, a little steeper than you would think. Yo, Cass, you want to defend your boy? Nah, I mean... I'm, I'm cool with it. I, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, if Cass is if Cass is out, then it's it's you know. If, I'm if not that's necessarily it. out, but I think RV16 is a little bit ceiling e. So don't draft him there. If he drops one round, two rounds, smash that shit. But otherwise, yeah. just uh, it, last year he was a, such a big buy for me because of his ADP, and he was being grossly undervalued. Not the case this year. He's being probably aptly valued, but that's not how you draft. You you, you don't draft for apt value. You you, you want that that right. Uh, upside, right? So nah, nothing to defend here, unfortunately. All right, so let's get into something that we'll defend all day. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Today, one of the coolest uh, features, in my opinion, of the Fantasy, Bro- uh, Fantasy, Fantasy Football by Brodo app is... Uh, the adjusted air yards, or what do we call it? True air yards? Sorry, excuse me. True air yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what true air yards does is it takes away the BS of air yards. So if there's a Hail Mary at the end of a quarter and you th- throw it up and the intended target uh, was n- the, the throw was nowhere near them, they get those 50 yards of air yards. And it really skews the numbers. So what Cass did was he found the algorithm way to get rid of those throws. And this is an adjusted air yard to show you what their actual true air yards were on actual attempts that were catchable and were actually meant for them. So without, without any further ado, Cass, take us through this package. The stat, I mean. Right. So, yeah, people love to quote air yards as, as a like a good thing, right? Oh, so-and-so player had so many air yards. They're bound to break out, but they forget that those air yards could be wasteful, like Tim said. So we multiply the air yards by the completion probability of each pass to get true total air yards. And as you can see by the top players, this is something that, that it's very indicative of of production, right? So we have Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, and even like DJ Moore underperformed by his true total air yards, right? He's between Jefferson and Cup. That's insane. So uh, that, that, he's someone I'm very interested in next season. I think this is uh, one of the better, more tangible stats we put out because it, it really takes a bad stat and makes it good. We made it good. And it says the realized and unrealized air yards. And to know that Justin Jefferson led the league in unrealized air yards is absolutely that's fucking insane. ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know if he led the league, though. Oh, just, the, uh, sorry. My no, it was sorted by just, uh, by his true air yards. He did lead the league in true air yards, though. Shout out to the True Value Olympics. Facts, facts, facts. All right, let's get into these wide receivers. He was third and unrealized, by the way. 
third. Still insane. DJ Moore was first, as I was saying. Yeah, DJ DJ was first. Bro, insanity. All right, so let's get into these wide receivers. Uh, Hopkins, going to miss some time. Going to miss six weeks. Um, You have Hollywood Brown, currently out, but slats to be that number one receiver coming in. AJ Green had a decent year last year. Respectable year. Phenomenal year. Yeah, so with that being said, how are we looking at these players that are going to be beat out by Andy Isabella for sure? By who? <laughs> by Rondale Moore? By Andy Isabella, UMass great, uh, big pal from UMass, Andy Isabella. But uh, um, no, I th- actually like. I'm glad you mentioned AJ Green because I think he's a very good value right now, especially since we're not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks. I, I know he's 33. I-, I like I know that, but he's being drafted a wide receiver 87. Well, when he was 56 in points per game and will be the de facto number two slash three for the fir- at least the first few weeks of the season. And uh, in the touchdown, predicted touchdown versus actual touchdown study, I've mentioned a couple times in the past, he was predicted for seven touchdowns and only had three. So that's something to keep in mind. Like he he left some points on the table, per, uh, perhaps. So Thanks. as a wide receiver, what? We're talking about AJ Green right now. Yes, he's a value. AJ Green. I'm saying he's AJ a value, yes. Green. Wide receiver 87 ADP. AJ Green. Yeah, it's because he's gonna carry a cane onto the field with him, dude. Relax. I'm okay with that. Relax. I'm okay with that. As as the resident 33 year old, he's uh, he's a super <laughs> good player. <laughs> he's uh, a very good play pick in the later rounds, bro. Wide receiver 87 as the number no, he's two gonna, wide receiver. He's gonna beat that for sure. With you touchdowns like, on the field, I'm just saying he's a gonna... value. I'm not. I'm not saying draft him in the first round, but. No, I know he's going to beat that for sure. AJ was. But what's the upside? A potential flex play every few weeks. Better. Yeah, with your last pick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why like, I think that's a good upside. Yeah, that's why people come to the heat wave, baby. That's um, good yeah, upside. Yeah, yeah. Somebody that you can actually deep, put in your lineup deep. every week with your last. So pick. people are not like, drafting. What is wrong people, with that? People, people have your mentality saying. So let's Man, let was, me ask you a question. Top, top five in um scrimmage yards over expected last season. Whoa, that was unexpected. Um, let's let's yeah. get into there you go. So, so the guys that you're actually gonna have to spend some <laughs> capital on, right? Marquise Brown. How much of a boost to his ADP do you think the this six games of him being the alpha gives him? Not, not I mean his ADP is pretty low for I think what that it's represents. Insane. He's wide receiver twenty three right now, catching passes from Kyler, and as the wide receiver yeah. one while the uh, Hopkins is out. I think he's a big, big value because he he's coming from a low pass offense in the Ravens, but he still pulled a 25% target share. So if you translate that to the, the Cardinals and as a wide receiver one, he's golden, bro. He was like, I think uh, he's a very good pick right now, I do believe, because the, the suspension is going to kill D-Hop, who wasn't even very efficient last season. I agree. I legitimately I think, think Hollywood's going to well. finish in the... Yeah, yeah. Like Hollywood's going to finish ahead of Hopkins in points per game, even when they come back. I, I don't even need to save that for bold takes because I think that's pr- like a pretty fair outcome. His value right now is ridiculous. Yeah. I would draft yeah. Hollywood he's in the top pick. 15 receivers, man. Like he's straight up, good. he's going to be he's going to be a top 15 receiver for the first half of the season, almost guaranteed. And then afterwards, he's still going to like Mark Andrews was a real wide receiver one, right? And look <laughs> at what Hollywood did next to him. Like right. so, they they don't have a like if DeAndre Hopkins is the alpha, then 
Hollywood can still command 25% of Kyler's targets in a pass happy offense. That's probably going to score more than the Ravens did last season without Lamar Jackson. So then how are you treating DeAndre Hopkins then? When is the earliest that you would pull the trigger on like stashing him? Because a lot of people think, oh, you stash him and you have yourself DeAndre Hopkins when he gets back. But DeAndre Hopkins. Do you though? Yeah, exactly. Because this Cardinals offense is kind of, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's kind of bleh. Because DeAndre Hopkins just lines up on the outside in the same spot all the time and runs the same route constantly. It's because Cliff it's- Kingsbury isn't a damn genius child, man. All these damn coaches, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt Rule. Yeah, if he was, if gonna- he was, Rondale would have already gotten a hundred touches. Oh, they know so much, so good at college football. Give them the entire reins, and they don't do shit. Sean so McVay is the that only- good in college either, Sean man. McVay is the only- <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't. This guy had Patrick only Mahomes. Win, yeah, he had Patrick Mahomes. He could only win six games. <laughs> like, everyone thinks <laughs> crazy. these guys from college are going to be the next Sean McVay whiz kid. Sean McVay didn't come from college, guys. Yeah. Just because he's young doesn't mean he was a college coach first. Mcay this guy grew up in the John Gruden tree. Coaching trees. Ever. Exactly, yeah. Crazy so, coaching Jay trees. Gruden. Jay yeah. Gruden. Well, I mean, Jay, that, that's not the, that wasn't the peak of it, but yeah. <laughs> the, that the Shanahan, coaching tree goes Gruden. Deep. Exactly. What if I it's, what if I told you that the Shanahan, Shanahan the Shanahan coaching tree is actually the Jay Gruden coaching tree? What if what if what if what I told you that one of the okay, well, I'm, I'm one of them won a Super Bowl and had been coaching for longer, so that's not possible. <laughs> like, hey, yes, but sometimes the 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 fruit outdoes the seed. It's not a good one. I th- I think <laughs> I that was it. actually a, kind of a good analogy. But man, we can't. We can't, you can't bring me on a Cardinals heat wave and not talk about Rondale Moore. Let's do it. <laughs> Tell us all Cast. about Well, well, <laughs> yes, I do like Rondale Moore. I, I do like Rondale Moore. I, really? I gotta be honest. Because, yeah. especially because, like, the suspension changes things a lot, right? Because he's gonna be. Uh, I don't know, man. He, he's. <laughs> if. Do we think he is better than Christian Kirk? That's yes. that's the question. Okay, Maybe. Matt says yes. yes. Matt says Christian yes. Christian Kirk is not good, so yes. So there you go. That's going to be his role pretty much. So if, if we assume right. in the first few weeks, Marquise Brown takes the alpha role, uh, Hopkins, then um, A.J. Green r- jumps into the number two role, then he's uh, Rondell Moore is going to be picking up the Christian Kirk slash A.J. Green work last season, and it was not bad work. Like it was still productive for fantasy, and if Matt says, and we trust Matt that he is a good player, I'm inclined to 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 give him a like give him a shot on my team. I'm still like very uncertain on on what his range of outcomes is. I think he could be really good or really really bad, and just uh, make you regret that pick. Personally, personally, but I do think he's worth a flyer. To be honest, Rondell Moore wasn't even in my radar. He's he's one of these guys that I'm not really treating like if I can get a if I can get him on the last pick with some upside, like a cool, but yeah, I'm not Matt, reaching. That's for yeah, sure. I'm I think not, he has you know, a, I think he has need a to massive reach. amount of tangible upside. Exactly. His his price is incredibly palpable. Um he's 
you don't need to reach exactly he's somebody that i'm targeting with those really late round picks it depends on how many guys you have on your bench but if you're in like a standard start 11 or whatever and you have five bench spots rondell moore is going to be on my redraft rosters like 100 in any league that has like that many roster spots and that's not even a deep league that's just standard so i mean one of the things that i think is incredibly overlooked as well is that there is no real pass catching back there uh, yeah they brought daryl williams in um okay but Rondell Moore has like the greatest weighted freshman breakout of all time in the history of college football. Like I in a really tough conference on a team that was stacked with a bunch of wide receivers that ended up making the NFL that he outproduced at 17 years old. Like I refuse to believe that this guy's not good at football. And he's and if you look at where the he's... role that is clearly lost with Christian Kirk gone. And we don't even need to talk about vacated targets. Like that is just a, he's the slot receiver. Now he is the slot receiver in Arizona, whatever targets he earns will be on his own volition, but he has a guaranteed role. Yeah. And people have been punching the, not a term punching the drum for Christian Kirk for years in that slot role in Arizona. And Christian Kirk is a giant to do. Like, his middle name is Dadu, Christian Dadu Kirk. Somehow the Jaguars <laughs> got worse with Urban Meyer out the door because they decided to pay Mr. Dadu. So, yeah, Rondell Moore is much better than Christian Kirk. And now he's going to have that role. And if you look at who he's being drafted around, Christian Watson, he's on the pup. DJ Chark, please, he's on Detroit. Lions. Come on. Jamison Williams, another Detroit receiver who's not healthy. Not going to play for 10 weeks. <laughs> Khalil All Herbert. Right. Just straight Guys, up I just want to put this out there. I You've officially talked me into Rondell Moore. I'm I really think he's an awesome value, man. Yeah. You you talked me into it. Not and and, and I, uh, let, let's, let's, you know, kind of uh, levy the, the, the wake of water of excitement here. And I, and I think Cass is right. It, it's, it's a coin flip play. But at that cost, that's a pretty awesome coin flip. Uh, what what about DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, where are you taking him? What how 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 bad? Like he wasn't great. He hasn't been great. He's been like I said, running the same route. We haven't we we kind of skipped over him. We can't skip over him. He's one of the big names right now. I think his ADP is around the seventh round. Would you take a chance there? I would. Yeah, seventh, late, eighth round. Sure, I guess. Cass, Cass what do you think? Would you take a chance on him? Yeah. Uh, it's man. No, because <laughs> he's going around wide receiver 32 right now. Like just baseline. No, he's going wide receiver 32. He was wide receiver 20 in points per game last season. And, and, and if you're getting that points per game output with a six game suspension, no, I'm not taking Sorry, a chance yeah. on 80 AD, ADP Fair. right now. None of no. Yeah, I agree. I think that I'm going to let someone else play that game. Um, let's go over to the tight ends. Zach Ertz, you thought his career was over, got re-signed, then has a massive uh, resurgence, and then gets re-signed again. They add Trey McBride to the touch to the to the room. That's probably more of a dynasty play than anything else. How yeah. do you feel about Zach Ertz this year? I feel great. 
<laughs> I, I feel pretty good about mo- most of these cheap tight ends this year, to be honest. I, I don't really know why Zach Ertz is flying under the radar as somebody that's completely washed up when he had the season that he did in Arizona last year. And and man, Cliff Kingsbury and, and Kyler sure do love tight ends because Max Williams was a top 10 tight end for the six weeks that he was healthy before the Ertz trade. So I think 16 weeks of Zach Ertz at tight end 12 value in ADP is a smash play. I mean, he was tight end five in points per game. Um, why, why wouldn't we draft Zach Ertz in this offense? Amen. Um, unless someone <laughs> has something else to say about it's Zach really Ertz, that simple. let's get into uh, these bold predictions. Um, I'm going to start with my first bold prediction. Uh, James Connor is my first bold prediction. And I think that James Connor d- finishes outside the top. 24. I did it. I said it. All right. Cass, you're up next. I'm with the negativity always. I know. Cass, I'm bringing your positivity this, this, this time. So I'm saying Marquise Brown, top 12 wide receiver. Oh, love spicy. I love it. I love it. Uh, Jason, you're up. Yeah, you guys took both of mine. <laughs> nice. Both of mine too. So <laughs> I'll just go with Marquise Brown, top 10. Suck it, Cass. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, Extra spice. Kyler Murray has more rushing touchdowns than James Conner. <laughs> All right. And that would mean, well, then that would mean that my bold prediction of the equation supreme would absolutely be true. And that's K1's QB1. All right, fellas. You can find us all on Twitter. Um, go ahead. Let's do a round call. Let's go uh, around. What do you call that? Uh, all right. Well, I, I'm blocks. in the box. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Go ahead. you can find me on Twitter and all social media at PsychordFF. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim Cass. BrotoFF Casanova. Jason. BrotoFF Jason. And you can find me at BrotoFF. I mean, you can find us all at BrotoFantasy.com and FF by Broto app. Uh, Jason. Bro, this is your last heat wave, correct? You're out after this? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Oh, it was nice. It's been so much fun. The YouTube, the YouTube algorithm is going to love it, but we're going to hate it. <laughs> all right. Later, guys. Later. See ya.